But I'm going to tell you this, we ain't done yet. Howdy and welcome back to the Ineligibles podcast. My name is Will Stone. He's Chase Caldwell. He is Robert Behrens. We are 10 days away from the kickoff of Aggie football against New Mexico. Uh, we're nine days if you're listening on the podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 finally here. Like it's close enough where you can get excited, but there's still those 10 days to get through and uh, and try to find a way to, to entertain ourselves until then. But um, guys, uh, are we feeling all right? Are we feeling good? Feeling great. We have football on the on the TV this weekend. Granted, not not all that great of games, week, but this week weekend it starts. Yeah. So it's glad to be back. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You got college football this weekend. I had my fantasy draft. We got NFL preseason. Like football is back. It's not it's not fully back yet, but uh, you know we can always say that the off season's over. Right. Yeah, I feel like this is a good time to have drafts. Like uh, I, I, I next calendar week um it's it's yeah it's a, it's a good thing to pass the time and, and get to it but um it's i don't know man i'm i'm just i'm pumped like i'm pumped for week zero like there's not a ton going on there we don't have to, to spend too much on that uh i can't even watch the usc game because i don't have the pac-12 network um <laughs> which i guess in six months i don't think anybody's gonna have the pac-12 network <laughs> i think it's gonna be it's gonna go the way of the dodo so um but, Let's see uh, if they have a three-month free trial. <laughs> <laughs> it's like serious XM where they just like beg you to, 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 to do a free trial. Yeah, it's like, I'm just trying to sign up for a TV network. Why am I being asked to sign a 10-year grant of rights? <laughs> <laughs> like, aren't y'all, aren't y'all going to cease to exist next year? <laughs> like, What's going on here? <laughs> I don't want to get too bogged down in this, but is the ACC signing a 20-year TV deal like the dumbest decision of all time? Like, let's go ahead and lock ourselves well, into this like super cheap price for the like for like like almost the length of a mortgage. Like, it's it's insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's one of those where you know it's like I think it's you got the two sides of the coin because on the one side, like FSU and Clemson might already be gone if it wasn't for that you know really that's long true. TV deal. But I mean, yeah. but for all we know, like if they didn't have such a long TV deal, maybe they would have already re-upped and they would have already like increased their revenues to where they're on par with sec big 10 and no one's even considering leaving so yeah exactly uh, I'll, I'll, yeah all the all the like realignment stuff especially because all of it seems to devolve around tv money you know it gets so so tiresome after a while because it's you know it's like it's not even about college football it's just about the tv networks maximizing <laughs> their their tv windows and maximizing yeah. their their ad revenue exactly yeah um, well, Robert, I think the last time we had you on, it may have been like at the very beginning of fall camp or right before it started. Mm-hmm. Um, so with, with fall camp, you know, being kind of in our rearview mirror as, uh, as game week is, is almost upon us. Um, like what's your overall feel for this AM team? Uh, I saw you put out a, a good article today. Um, uh, it was, it was great, a great pun in the headline too, for, uh, yeah, it's very on brand for, for your work. The duality <laughs> of 12th man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I'll kind of touch on what I talked about in there, and it's mostly just that I feel like this team, more so than any A&M team I can remember, um, 
we kind of, you know, we're now, like you said, only 10 days from the start of the season. And I still feel like we don't have a good handle on exactly what we're going to see. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about it today. Like there's lots of reasons to be optimistic. Um, you know, a lot of that came from the off season and a lot of that's been perpetuated through fall camp. Um, but as a fan and someone that is on the outside looking in, uh, you know, until you see it on the field, you don't know what that product is going to look like. And, you know, and specifically, like, are we going to see all of those problems that persisted last season carry over, or are we going to see those, those get improved? Um, <clears throat> but I feel like we've been getting good vibes out of fall camp. Um, I always try to remember what previous years were like, because, you know, this is the time of year where everything's rosy and everyone's talking about how much their team has improved and how much they like the way things are going. So I try to take that with a grain of salt. Um, but, you know, at this point, all you can do is cross your fingers and hope that all, that it's not all just puff pieces and then, you know, then hyping us up, you know, for the fall later and uh, that we're actually going to see a big improvement from this team. And luckily uh, in 10 short days, we will finally start finding out. Yeah, I think I think part of that comes from that we had such high expectations going into last year and then had really our worst year since we've been in the SEC. So then it, it by all accounts it should have been the best year since we've been in the SEC and it was the worst year. So that that polarity that it created then makes it to where it's going in this year, it's I've no idea. On paper, we should improve <clears throat> considerably because well, we have a lot of talent, but that was the same reason why last year we thought we would yeah. improve considerably. So um, I think it's, I hate to use the term battered Aggie syndrome, but I, I think it's part of that too. If we just, we don't know because we were just really shocked last year, I think. Yeah. And, and I think, I don't even know if that's battered Aggie syndrome either. I think that's just, I mean, trying to have some amount of rationality of, you know, because there's, there's tons of reasons why this team could be really good and and i was i mean i was saying in 2021 mm-hmm. that 2023 was the year like even like going into last season i was True. saying like okay this team could be good like 2023 should be the time when okay they like really hit their stride and they like really can accomplish something mm-hmm. um but yeah but i mean you have to acknowledge that no matter how positive you may be like last year happened and last year was in a lot of ways pretty inexplicable and so you have to leave open the possibility of like we might just suck again. We hope we don't. We we don't. Most of us don't think we will, but it's on the table. Well, and that's right. a really fair point because even going into last year, we kept saying like twenty three and twenty four with this team should be really really good. But we've got the talent where we could do it now, you know. And so like we were like tempering our expectations going into the year, saying it might still be a good year, but really next year is going to be the year that we see it. And so here we are. Right. So, yeah, uh, I think I said at one point that, uh, like if, if the, if the ball bounced the right way for us last year, they could have competed for a title. And I said, going into this year, I would expect them to compete for a title. Definitely don't feel that way anymore. (laughs) Have, uh, have backed off at least a little bit from that. Um, I've got a similar like win loss expectation, but like with a different tone, I guess like last year was more like pie in the sky. Like, Oh, we're going to be awesome. Like very like, uh, like confident and, and, and bravado. But now I'm like, Hey, like this team should be really good. If they're not, we got to make some changes or do something else because like, it's like, I I expect like the, like I've got the same like expectation level, 
but the the feeling behind it is has changed it's like you know last year it's like oh we're gonna have jimbo for a decade we're gonna be in the playoff perennially now it's like hey this is a very pivotal year and we we got to go show something right now yeah I'd, i'd agree with that um I don't know. That might be, I'm kind of jumping the gun here, but we'll get to that whenever you give your hot take. Uh, when we get okay. into hot takes, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give mine that has to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of bummed. Cause like, I feel like my take was hot like two weeks ago and now it's not that hot, but uh, it's, 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 a, it's a teaser for our listeners. Cause we're not, we're not quite to that really, segment yet. Really what but. you're saying is you got struck while the iron's hot. That's right. Yeah. I should have, I should have thrown it out there two weeks ago when we recorded it. <laughs> But no, like uh, it's definitely that time of year when where every fan base is, you know, trying to to like to find the silver linings and 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 be positive. I checked on the Arkansas board yesterday. They all think that they're, that they're going to win ten games. It's the best D line they've had in decades, and I'm like, maybe, <laughs> but I'm not sure how <laughs> how reasonable that is. I'm not sure how reasonable my expectations for my own team are. But um, uh, I guess let's start with a couple of uh, of preseason superlatives. Um, let's start with offensive breakout player. Um, so guys that I think would not fall into this are like an Evan Stewart. And that's probably it on offense. Like everyone Anias. else. Well, Anias. Yeah. Anias, um, Moose, like he's, he's kind of broken out already. Um, mm-hmm. but anyone else is, is pretty much on the table. So, um, does anybody want to go first there? Is, is any, has anyone got a, a strong opinion? Uh, I I would say one of the tight ends, um, I, for obvious reasons, um, with the injury at that position, I, I think you'll see one of them come on strong. But that's just that's just kind of been Jimbo's mo. You know, we have tight ends come on and they can they can play early. You know, they they um, jump onto the scene a lot of times. Uh, I'm I'm going to take the obvious one uh, and the one that we've. If you're an Aggie fan, you've heard a lot about over this offseason, and that's Noah Thomas, uh, sophomore wide receiver. I think he's, is he, what, six foot six? Is that right? Yeah. Um, And like all reports are, I mean, the guy was the spring MVP. Uh, Basically, people just saying that he just basically is borderline unguardable. Um, So if you can pair him with Evan Stewart, Moose, Anias, that suddenly becomes a pretty lethal wide receiver combination if we can have any kind of a, semblance of a functional offense this year yeah um yeah. like he's a guy that every outlet has talked about um at the open practice it was very obvious uh his his talent level was very obvious um insane catch radius uh can can catch a ball in traffic um if it gets near him he's gonna he's gonna haul it in and he, he can create separation too so i'm i'm very pumped to see him uh, i'm thrilled to see the tight ends as well um, mine may be a cop out and, y- and y'all can tell me if it is, uh, cause I've got a backup just in case, but, um, <laughs> I'm picking Connor Wigman and he hasn't been an- announced as the starter yet. Um, we, we expect that he will be, uh, played a little bit last year, uh, had two starts that were very good two that were pretty forgettable. Um, but in, in my opinion, and just like, like just from watching him with, with my own eyes and, uh, like just his ability and especially what he has around him, I think by the end of the year, he could be a top three quarterback in this league. He could be the best quarterback in this league. Um, that may be too much to ask of a, of a true sophomore in a new system. Um, hopefully the O-line is at a, at a level to, you know, let him have success. But 
Um, he, I, I'm just, I, I'm, he, he's the, he's a recruit that I've been more excited about than pretty much anybody else uh, in the past. I don't know, five or 10 years. So he, he's, I feel like we, we've been starved for a great quarterback since Johnny and we've had good quarterbacks, but I think he's that guy to really, you know, elevate us to that next step and be that guy that everyone around the country talks about. Like, Oh, like that's like, that's the best quarterback in that league. Yeah, I agree. wholeheartedly. And, and, and I think he absolutely counts as a breakout candidate because even amongst people that are assuming he's the starter, you know, you see SEC QB rankings out there and like they have Wegman in the, like the bottom half of the conference. Yeah. Um, which I, I agree. I think they're going to end up looking foolish by the end of the year. Um, and, and you talk about, he was kind of hot and cold in his starts last year. Um, somewhat pun intended because his two poor starts were exceptionally <laughs> cold weather. Yeah. Um, but the good news is based on my experience this summer, it will never be cold here again. So <laughs> we should be in good shape. <laughs> Man, we should be undefeated at home with, the, with our yeah. weather. That we have. <laughs> Not the truth. Um, yeah, my, uh, my backup was Cam Dewberry. Um, I think, uh, he's got the, the ability to be like an all conference level guard. Um, at the open practice, he was the only O-line man that I saw uh, Coach Adazio give like a fist bump to. So um, I'm, very, I'm very excited about, about what he can do. Um, all right. Th- this one may be a little more difficult just because there's so many guys on this side of the ball that, that could do this. But uh, as far as defensive breakout player, uh, is there anybody that stands out there? Is it is it fair to say Tony Grimes? Um, yeah, I think since, it's fair. I mean, he's new to our team. I think I think that would be my my guy that I'm most excited to see, right? Um I because I've followed him, I've said this on the podcast several times, but followed him his whole career until now. So it's kind of cool for me to see one of those guys. Most times when you get a transfer, like you might be familiar with the player, uh, but a lot of times they're coming from a school. You don't really know too much about them. You got to go do some research on them. He's one that I've been watching since he was in high school. And so um, I'm excited about him. I, I think he'll be a breakout on our D line or defense. Uh, for me, I think the easy answer, once again, that I'm going to just take the uh, the easy way out is uh, Bryce Anderson. Uh, yeah. He should. We think he's coming into that that nickel cornerback role that uh, we had Antonio Johnson playing for the past two years, and um, I mean, and I've, I, I'm just uh, such a huge Bryce Anderson fan. I think in the limited time that we saw him on the field last year, it just seemed like every time he was out there, he made plays. Um, yeah. So he's a guy that I, I can't wait to see what he can do this year. Yeah, he's he's such a baller. He seems like one of those guys that by the end of the year you could talk about him as like, oh, this might be the best player on our team. Like he's yeah, yeah. he's extremely talented. Um, I'm gonna pick a D lineman because of course I am, um, and there's so many to pick from. But uh, I'm gonna go with Shabar Turner. Um, you know, he came in like he like we signed a bunch of five stars in the 22 class, but he was a five star in the 21 class, and he's been here for a bit. You know, I kind of thought he he might stay at end when he got here. And then he played inside a little bit and was hurt a little bit and, and has played well at times. Um, but since he moved outside, I think he's uh, a little bit trimmer. Um, in the spring the spring game, I thought he really flashed it in. Um, in the open practice, I thought he really flashed it more, and we're hearing some more things about him. So um, I don't know if he's going to be like a 12-sack kind of guy, but uh, he's a guy that I think will, will provide some pass rush, can play the run uh, extremely well. Um, and uh, just be kind of that, 
you know, like that, like that, like that veteran and that leader on the defensive line, along with McKinley Jackson, who has definitely already broken out, but sure. Um, great picks, great picks guys. Um, la- last one for, uh, for player, well, unless your hot take is a player, but um, our last player superlative <clears throat> is a freshman of the year for A&M. Hmm. That's a, see, it's a tough one that because hard. <laughs> well, hard. there's no, I feel like this is the first year in a while where there's no clear cut, like, okay, this freshman is probably going to start day one. Yeah. Um, because you know, you've got some more guys that I think that are competing for spots. Um, but there's, there's just no like really obvious one. Um, I think for me, I'm actually going to go maybe a little bit outside the box. I'm going to say Dalton Brooks. Um because he was a guy I like that, that I like, I just, I love his high school tape. Um, and so there may be a scenario where he really doesn't see the field this year, just because a already pretty well set up at DB. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he either sees some time at safety or maybe even you see Bryce Anderson end up at safety and Dalton Brooks in that nickel spot. Cause like his high school tape looked amazing and you see him in fall camp and, you know, we're, we're only seeing tiny little snippets of it. But man, he looks like a guy who's ready to come in and play in the SEC for sure. He does, yeah. I, I like that pick a lot. Yeah, I'd probably say Ruben Owens. Um, I, sure. I think in that, you know, there's a bit of a vacuum in the in the running back space from, um, you know, losing a chain, and I think you see a lot of mobility at that position. I think you see a lot of them coming in on and off, and and I could really see him getting some serious playing time. Um, and I just think he's a super talented player, you know? Yeah. Sounds like, uh, he's really started to flash, uh, in practice. Um, definitely has the, uh, speed and, uh, ability to catch the ball uh, as a running back and, and make big plays. Um, I, I changed my mind like 10 seconds ago. On mine. <laughs> uh, I was going to say David Hicks and I know that we're loaded at defensive line and like, uh, like whenever we signed David Hicks, I was like, Oh, like, yeah that's that's a good get you know another five-star d lineman to go with all the other five-star d linemen but um, (laughs) that kid is that kid is a uh, a violent and ferocious defensive lineman uh would not shock me at all if he gets in games (laughs) and makes an impact uh as a true freshman um but i'm gonna go with uh torian york the linebacker from uh from temple i almost Um, went with him (laughs) same here yeah yeah um which like Kind of reminds me of Anais in the sense that he may have been like one of the last like two or three guys in the class, <clears> like that we went out and and offered, or, or like at least like like made a push for, mm-hmm. um, and just <clears throat> like like is never going to have like like you know uh, uh, like Luke Keekley or uh, or uh, I'm trying to think of like or like a, like a Devin White type uh, you know athletic profile, but just a smart. Uh, physical downhill football player, um, a true middle linebacker, I think at least uh, between the ears, um, and with and with and with the way he's able to play. Uh, Jimbo said he's he says that he's thirteen going on or he's eighteen going on thirty. <laughs> he's he's very <laughs> mature for his age, and um, that's a spot that you know we had good play there for a minute. Um, uh, dipped a little bit last year, and there's guys that are all competing there, so uh, it, it's a spot where I'm a little bit nervous to to play a true freshman, but. Um, if, if you have to, you know, I, I, I wouldn't mind at all having a guy like Torrey York step in there. 
Yeah, and that's one of those guys that, uh, I mean, if you watch his high school tape, or just his high school stats, he, like, he had, like, I don't remember the number, but he had just, like, absurd number of tackles. Like triple digits. Junior and senior year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but you, and you watch the tape, and, yeah, the athletic ability, the measurables don't blow you away, but he was just always in the right spot. And right. with and with a linebacker, maybe more than any other position, that's more important than just about anything. Yeah. Um, and and honestly, as much as I hate to make this comparison, you can draw a lot of parallels to that win with that guy. Yeah, like that's like, true. Un, like un, like undersized, under recruited, but was, was this that guy five foot that, nine? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And yeah, and, and, but just a guy that just like makes up just for it with effort, effort and football IQ. Yeah, yeah. And and there's like there's internet murmurings that that York may be starting day one. There's some there's some chatter out there. Yeah, I've and, seen uh, that <laughs> in, in the in the interwebs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all, all right, very very unconfirmed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not breaking not, any news here on this podcast. It's, not it is all. not properly sourced. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear those hot takes. <laughs> All right, so my um, hot take I was going to say earlier, sorry to, to cut you off there, but um, my hot take is that even if we go eight and four this year. Um, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that Jimbo goes on the hot seat. Like I, That's where I, I say it's a hot take simply <clears> because <throat> like I have a feeling that, that everybody's like, okay, this is the year you have to perform. Otherwise... Jimbo's out of there, but I, I just I could see, especially with how how we've signed him for ten years and all that kind of stuff, that we get an eight and four season, then it's just going to be like okay, well, you know, we'll continue to build, and <laughs> there will yeah. be some some grace there where he's not he's not shown out of the building. Now we go six and six. I don't know. Yeah, that's it, kind it of on a different the story. on the on the cut line for me. There's yeah. people that think he gets let go at eight and four. I just don't. I don't believe that at all. I mean, yeah, I don't either. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and yeah, I would agree there too. I think I think because there's basically there's like three tiers. There's if you go nine and three or better, I think everyone says, "Hey, that was a good season. Like we yeah. recovered completely from from last year. The future's bright. Let's go." Eight and four is kind of the territory no one wants to be in because you're saying okay that still wasn't that great but it also wasn't bad enough to pay 70 plus million dollars to fire you right whereas if you get if you're seven and five again i think he's gone yeah yeah absolutely. so yeah eight and four is in some ways is like the worst thing you could possibly be this year yeah <laughs> <laughs> our old nemesis <laughs> yeah <laughs> we meet again yeah um, so mine, and like I said before, I feel like it's not a hot a take as it would have been maybe before fall camp started, but, um, I think the AM offense is going to be better than the AM defense. Um, so that typically has, has not been the case under Jimbo. We've had, we've had times where they're both good. We've had times when the defense is borderline elite and the offense is kind of average, uh, or last year where the defense was average and the offense was horrible. Um, and I know like we, like that, that memory of last year's offense is still ingrained in the mind of, of, of fans and media members and everyone. And, and you know, I, th- I think that's, that's, that's fine that it is. But, um, when I look at the amount of talent that has been accumulated, especially at receiver and quarterback, um, and really running back too, uh, I think the O-line will take a big step forward this year. 
uh, given that they have good health. Um, and Petrino, like I know that, like, like there's been some some consternation on the like who's running the offense. I think it's Petrino's offense. I think you know, like I'm sure Jimbo has input here and there, but uh, it's ultimately Bobby calling, like he's calling the shots and you know doing his install. And I think it looks wildly different uh, to to cert- a certain extent. And points and I don't want to knock on the defense here. I think they're going to be very, very good. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, I think when you look back in December, we're going to be like, man, we had a really damn good offense. Yeah, I I don't think that's that hot of a take. Like you said, it's, it's, it's getting cooler. But but it I think it would still qualify though, um, because okay. yeah, that's uh, that's we got a really good defense. So um, if you're right, which I hope you're right. It'll be a really fun year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, see, there's also like the monkey's paw scenario where you're correct, but it's only because the defense was so, so bad. <laughs> yeah. Our offense is ranked 75th. Our defense yeah. Is <laughs> yeah. Definitely not ideal. <laughs> All right. Well, for mine, I'm going to go pretty controversial, guys. So everyone sit down. Uh, I predict that AM will beat not one but two mississippi schools this year oh. <laughs> and it's very sad that that could at all be considered a hot take uh, <laughs> given our track record it is yeah, very hot it's, it's a scalding kind of hot thing take. we haven't done very much um and i don't even know if that's so much like something that i'm like firmly believing that'll happen as much as it's just something i really want to happen so i, I yeah. just want to speak it into existence yeah because i'm Big. i'm uh, you know, no one ever likes losing Mississippi State as much as I actually think they're going to be a sneaky good team this year. But I think AM fans in general, we would all really love to beat Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm definitely on track with that. <laughs> um, I think they call that manifesting when you try to speak it into existence. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I would. Uh, uh, it is a hot take just due to history. And I think. Like I, I hate playing at Ole Miss. I, I, I hate playing at Mississippi State even more. Like we, we never do well over there. Um, but anytime we go to Oxford, it's typically uh, there's there's typically a fight on our hands. So um, yeah, but bo- both should should be tough. But um, you know, hopefully, well, I was gonna say hopefully all of our takes come true. Hopefully, chases doesn't come true <laughs> and we don't yeah. go in for. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, like if we beat the. The Mississippi schools, who we lose to to go eight and four. I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, uh, any any broader SEC thoughts outside of AM? and uh, Teams you think may do well in the West or, or well in the East? I mean, more than anything, I feel like this the West is so – it's not wide open, but it's more wide open than it's been in quite a while because yeah. Bama is still going to be very good but feels like maybe the most vulnerable they've been since we've been in the SEC – um, and then everyone throws out LSU as kind of the the other elite team in the division. Um, right. But as we just saw in November of last year, that you know that team has its own flaws. Um, so it's definitely it's exciting for an A and M fan because it definitely feels like a year where if you can put something together, if you can string together some wins, um, it could be a year where the West is there for the taking. As opposed to like, you know, we've had years where it's like in 2012, we went six and two, we finished third in the West. Uh, in 2020, we went eight and one in the SEC and we still finished second in the West. Yeah. So it feels like a year where maybe you could, you know, you could sneak in there and not have to be undefeated. 
Yeah, I was listening to uh, the Texax podcast with Lucci and uh, David Nuno, and they were kind of doing their predictions. And um, I think it was Billy that that like his prediction was a, a three way tie for the West. And I was like, that's totally plausible. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you could have you know like three like A and M, Alabama, and LSU all be like ten and two, or maybe like one of them is nine and three with with two two conference losses, and they just all kind of beat each other. And you have to go like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that happened to A and M and. 2010 in the big 12 where they split with OU and Oklahoma state maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can see something like that where like there's three like legitimate uh, contenders for the West, but like none of them are elite. I, I, and I don't, I don't think any of them are. I could absolutely see that this year. I, I just, uh, we talked about this last week, but <clears throat> our schedule just, it's one of the more favorable, favorable schedules I think that we've had in in the Jimbo era, it might be the most favorable that we've had since Jimbo's been here. So, like, just the way that it progresses, I, I'm, I think this is a really good year for us based on where other teams are and how winnable the the SEC is this year. That we should do well, you know, with where we're at with our team and how everything sets out. It should be a year that. There's not that, you know, three-headed monster that that we're going against that we just have no chance against because I, I just don't see that on any of the teams that we face. So I, I think it's a very winnable schedule um, and one that, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I think it – I think you could see a three-way tie very easily in the West. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and there's certainly losable games on the schedule. Sure, um, sure, you know, no, for sure. You know, I think especially you've got, you know, Alabama and Tennessee back-to-back could be brutal, uh, depending on what Tennessee does this year. I know it seems like folks are kind of divided on what that team is going to be and how much of a step back they're going to take. Um, yeah, I've, but, I've got no idea what, like, what to expect from them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think most people still are tabbing them as second in the East, but, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Kentucky could come up and overtake them. I think I'm, like, I'm kind of sneaky high on Mizzou doing well really? in the East this year. Because I, th- I think they return like the most production in the SEC outside of A and M. Yeah. Um. And and last year I think they were six and six and they had several games that they just like gave away. They uh. So they were actually yeah, better Georgia than their down record to the wire. last year. Yeah. Yeah. They took Georgia down to the wire. They like against Auburn. I think they like. I mean, they like they had a fumble of the goal oh, line and then a missed field goal. And, you know, that was yeah. like an embarrassment of a game <laughs> to lose. Um, they definitely so, should. Like, I, I remember watching that one. Yeah. No, um, I feel like I'm that, that could be one of those teams that like they go like nine and three, and then we all look yeah. back and we're like, why, like, why, why, why didn't we see that coming? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it does seem like everyone's just penciled in Tennessee, and they certainly could be, you know, like a like a juggernaut type team that just scores on everybody. But um, I'm with you on Kentucky. That, that's who I would kind of pick to be uh, the uh, number two team in the West. Um, they brought their OC back from two years ago that they had success with. Uh, they got a great transfer quarterback in Devin Leary. Yeah. Uh, really great receivers over there, like a sneaky good receiver room uh, in the conference. And um, I think a lot of like their schedule sets up pretty nice with, with their home and away split. Um, and I, I don't think they have anybody too tough from the from the West. So um, yeah, that, that's a team that I'm I'm keeping an eye on in terms of the uh, SEC East standings. Um, was that all we had there? Anything else? 
I, don't I mean, think hey, so. I would just like to see us win the West just because it's the last year that the SEC That's West right. exists. So yes. just just to put that notch on our belt and say that we did it. Yeah. That's true. So let's, so let's just do it. <laughs> We've got All an right. internal scoreboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, real quick before we get into questions, uh, I was going to do, I, I wrote down playoff picks. Uh, if y'all don't have a top four set out, that's fine. Uh, but, I, I don't personally. Um, I guess mine's kind of hot takey, but not too much. Um, I, I don't think either, either of, of, uh, of Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State make the playoff this year. Um, if I had to pick four, I'd pick Georgia, Michigan, uh, Penn State, and USC. All right. All right. I'm I'm somewhat similar to you. I got Georgia, USC, uh, Penn State, uh, but then I actually uh, threw in Clemson. I, I, yeah. If you asked me four months ago, I would have said Florida State, um, but I feel like I've kind of – I was like I got on the hype train and then I kind of – I pulled back on that a little bit. I feel like they <laughs> they still have a little bit to prove. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And plus they have to play LSU in the first game. So that could be that could be tough for their their playoff hopes. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right. Uh we got a pretty good batch of questions here. Let me pull this tab over. Um first one, I've got to go with my guy Pierce. Uh, Pierce listens to all of our stuff and uh, is always asking good questions. So I uh, would definitely uh, appreciate your support, Pierce. Um, he asked, uh, if you had to trade Wigman and Petrino for another QB and OC duo, who would it be? Hmm. My first I'll, thought I'll, was like, was Caleb Williams and whoever yeah. the OC is at, <laughs> at USC? <laughs> well, I mean, essentially Lincoln Riley is the OC, the OC right. at USC. So yeah, I think I think that one's that one's a no brainer because that was the first one that popped into my head. Um, I'm trying to think like what would number two be? I I personally would <clears throat> would like Michael Penix Jr. I think he's a really good quarterback. And then yeah, um, I don't know as much in terms of OC and the coach, but uh, I know that his OC went with him to or is is now I guess his head coach at Washington. Um, the DeBoer. Yeah. Um, so. When, like, I think, like, their actual OC, uh, Grubb, uh, was, like, I think, I think us and Bama both tried to hire him this offseason. Really? Uh, and he stuck, he stuck at Washington. So, um, that, 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 that's actually one that I wrote down for mine was, uh, was, was Penix and, and Washington's OC. Um, I, I thought about Bo Nix and, uh, and, um, and Will Stein is the, uh, the Oregon OC. He was at, um, UTSA for the past couple of years. Um, but I don't want Bo Nix to be my quarterback. <laughs> I don't think, I know he looked great last year and, you know, maybe he's a really good quarterback, but, um, I don't know. It's, uh, there's just not a lot of, of dominant college quarterbacks out there right now. Yeah. Uh, one other I'll throw out there, I think would be a decent one. I'm not sure I would trade it, but it's another candidate, uh, is, uh, over at Clemson with Garrett Riley and, and Kate Klubnick. Yeah. That, yeah. that has the potential to be a pretty lethal combo. That's good. And um, I mean, and I know we all don't want to say it, but Sark and Quinn Ewers is certainly on that list as well. Oh, yeah. sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd also have a, uh, uh, JJ McCarthy in Michigan and Sharon Moore. Um, 
I think he's a really good OC. I like what they do up there. Uh, someone posted the other day that uh, JJ McCarthy was on, on play action plays. He had the number one QBR in the country, and on non play action, he was like fifty fifth. Um, so hmm. I think they they definitely do a, a good job of playing to his strengths. But um, you know, you'd like to see that the uh, non play action come up just a little bit from from fifty five. But I think he's a pretty yeah. good quarterback. But I mean, I do feel like though, uh, of all that list we just named. The only one for me that was like a slam dunk no brainer. Yes, I would do that trade tomorrow. Is USC. Yeah. Every every other one, like you could make the case, but it, you could also sit there and be like, well, I don't know. It's like you know. Yeah. Each have pros like and I'll, cons. Yeah, like I'll just take my chances with with <clears throat> Connor and Petrino. Yeah. Which which that honestly to me just like the the thought process of kind of going through who would I trade it for really makes me excited about Wigman and Petrino because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. man, we might yeah. have one of the best combos out there, you know? Yeah. Um, if, if I hadn't, if I hadn't just watched, like, I watched the replay of the, of whatever ball game that Texas played Washington in. And if I hadn't watched that, I would be all in on Penix, but the way he throws the football just is, is so uncomfortable looking to me. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like a roller coaster just watching him go through his throwing motion and throw the ball. Like it works out more, more often than not, but I'm not sure if my AM heart could handle that if that was my quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> um, any pick for uh, way too early Heisman? Hmm. Well, if the billboards are to be believed, it's Bo Nix. <laughs> I love that, 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 that teams are doing that again. I think it's so yeah. cool. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think who might who might jump up there. Because yeah, once again, the, like the easy answer is Caleb Williams because he's the defending Heisman winner, right? Um, but that almost never happens. Maybe like a like a Blake Corum at Michigan. Yeah, that could be a good one. Although it's, the, it's, their, their, their it's backup time is for also a non, really good. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's time for a non-quarterback to win. Yeah, I, I, I kind of have a feeling <laughs> if there's a year for a non-quarterback to win, it's this year. Yeah, because this year you have Williams, and then I feel like you've got a lot of good, but not like elite name quarterbacks. Yeah, like I think Penix and and Bo Nix <clears throat> both are going to have like good years, but not like oh my god, like that's a Heisman level, you know, year. Um, how about Brock Bowers? Ooh, that'd be a fun one. Or actually, actually, sorry, my other one is I, I think more so than him is probably Marvin Harrison Jr just for yeah like like the school he plays for and, and how good he is um the nfl scouts are just salivating over his his ability um like best receiver in the last 15 years type of stuff so um he's definitely a guy that could just put up like a i forgot what, what like the the, the numbers that Devonte had the year he won the heisman but uh could definitely be similar to that i don't know man and i Something's really appealing, though, about a tight end winning the Heisman. Yeah, it'd, would be, be, it'd be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and Bowers is so dang good. Like, he, he could definitely oh, yeah. accomplish that. It's amazing he still has eligibility. I feel like he's been playing for Georgia for, like, five years. Yeah. That's how a lot of these guys are. With Bo Nix, like, I feel like he's 30 years old. Yeah, yeah. he probably actually is, though. <laughs> he's, probably, he's probably at least, like, 23 or 24. Yeah. <laughs> Um, any coaches on the hot seat at this time? I think Neil Brown at West Virginia is probably yeah. one. 
because that's when like they were they were pretty bad last season so i feel like he might be the one that you know it feels like every year now we have a coach fired in like september mm-hmm. so he might be one of those candidates where it's it, it's really kind of this the kevin someone scenario i know we didn't fire someone in september but kind of that's when that decision was made yeah where it's like when you already go in knowing like okay if things like go well go badly at all this is probably yeah. over um that might be one yeah i think west virginia plays penn state in the non-con <laughs> and if penn state beats them like 55 to zero like it could be a you know let's just go ahead and call it yeah or if they do that and then lose their first big 12 game <laughs> to whoever it is i don't know like cincinnati or baylor or somebody um you could say jimbo um just if you know if if things were to get really bad but it wouldn't be in the middle of the season um no no way. i don't think that's that's, that's, no, that's dude, on the table we have to make it till january 1st at least take nine million off of that, off of that yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, um yeah, i'm trying to think like who else might be on that list uh I think maybe Justin Wilcox at Cal and Cal, like, like who knows what yeah. they're going to do? Like, like I, I bet they actually keep him just for, for some sense of stability with like not knowing what conference they're going to be <clears> in. Um, cause he's, he's pretty solid, but you know, it, it's hard to, it's hard to win at Cal. In terms of SEC, I don't, there's nothing that really comes to mind unless like, yeah. yeah. you know, if, if Sam Pittman, if they tank this year and go like five and seven, uh, his seat could get hot. It's, it's not. It's not hot right now at all. I don't think. But yeah. If he. If if they kind of you know have a down year, I, I could see that. Yeah. You know, another situation that's similar to Jimbo is Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Yeah. Um, well, I thought about they, that too. Yeah. Because like because very similar. Like they signed essentially the exact same contract uh, eighteen months ago. They both went five and seven last year, um, and so I think he's in a very similar situation where if they suck again this year they have to make a t- tough call of like, do we want to pay this man that much money just to go away? Yeah. yeah. I know that people talk about Jimbo's contract all the time, but the, the Mel Tucker one, it's gotta be the worst one that, that I've seen. You know, oh, I, yeah. I know uh, what's his face at Notre Dame, uh, Charlie Weiss. I think his was pretty bad, but uh, that's been so long ago. It, it couldn't have been on the, on the just sheer amount in terms of dollars that, that Mel Tucker got. And after one yeah, good year, too. Yeah, because, you know, people talk about Jimbo. Yeah, like, I mean, he got it, the extension after finishing number four in the country. But more importantly, like, he was already someone who had won multiple conference titles, who had won a national title. So, like, you weren't basing it solely on that one good year. You were basing it on that compounded by, um, you know, like the recruiting and the success at his previous stop. Sure. Um, yeah, like Tucker. Yeah, Tucker got the same deal um, for, and his resume pales in comparison to Jimbo's. So, oh yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, maybe Mac Brown at North Carolina. Yeah. Um, they had a top five pick at quarterback <laughs> last year, which they'll have again this year. But they went eight and four, I think. Um, you know, he's getting on up there in age. He's he's been on up there in age, but he's just you know. He's not getting any younger, and uh, I could see them maybe – he probably wouldn't get fired. He'd probably resign or retire or, or whatever else. Yeah. Um, I'm 
this was interesting. I'm actually trying to think of one right now, but is there a non AM transfer that you are excited to watch on their new team? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh... I'm excited for Chris Marshall at Ole Miss. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, I had to do he'll that. he'll be with uh, he'll be with Demond Demas at Garden Whatever <laughs> soon enough. <laughs> yeah, isn't um I don't know if you guys remember this. Uh, I can't even think of his uh, Terrence Lewis, the linebacker from the, yeah from the, from the state of Florida. I think him and Demas are on the same team. They the are. Same Ju- yeah, Juco I, team. I saw that too. If there was ever a time to bring Last Chance you back, it's right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go up to Garden City. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember what, like, what the other major transfers were. I, I, I think one of them could be you talked about it earlier, Devin Leary at Kentucky. Yeah. Um, ju- just because. I mean, you know, you bring a guy who's already very, very accomplished and bring him into the SEC. Just so, just to see what what he's going to be able to do. Right. Because that'll kind of determine what Kentucky's ceiling is this year. Um, I'd I'd be curious to see. I'd kind of forgotten about this because this was so early on in in uh, the uh, off season. But Travis Hunter going to to Colorado and like all yeah. the stuff going okay. on that's in Colorado, a like yeah, um, that's a great one. <clears throat> see how how Colorado yeah. is this year. You know what? I, I take it all back. When the question was first asked, the answer should have been the entire Colorado roster. That's Beyond Sanders. Travis Hunter was my figurehead for that. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. And sixty-four other players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm really curious uh, if Hunter plays both ways, like full time up there, or if he's like a DB primarily and like just plays a little bit of receiver. But I think I mean. Really, truly, I think he might kind of do kind of what Deion Sanders did when he was in Dallas, where yeah. they deploy him as a receiver, but it's more in like special packages. It's not like a full time role, just because. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't care how well you're conditioned, you can't play full time DB and full time receiver. That yeah. just seems impossible. Yeah. Um, this one's from my uh, my good buddy Matt Barnes, who I saw this weekend in Phoenix, but uh, he asked, uh, is in terms of A and M. Uh, like which positions are our major strengths on the team? This I I hate this question because my first thought is always defensive line because of how we've recruited and you know and I, it's hard to argue like you know we've got some studs there, but then but the run defense last year was so atrocious and that one yeah. that that was kind of the weakness of the defense last year, so it's hard for me to reconcile those two. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you there. I, I think I'd pick receiver. <laughs> Yeah. Like when I look around, like I know the LA receivers, but when you match them up one to one, like I, I wouldn't trade ours for theirs, to be honest. Um, I, I wouldn't trade Evan Stewart for pretty much anybody else except for like Marvin Harrison Jr. or, you know, like someone else that's on that just super elite level. But um, I think like the, the, the talent and depth that we have there is, is extremely impressive. I'm I'm a bit worried about the depth at receiver. I our top four. I'm with you. Our top four. I'd put up against just about anybody. Um, I do worry because like behind that, you're you're very quickly relying on either unproven transfers or true freshmen. Right. Um, and, and and you know, hey, like there's there's reason to think you know we've seen practice clips of a uh, of, of Jade Walker that look pretty incredible. Um, yeah. So there could be still some players there. Um, but 
if, if it's one of those times where the injury bug hits that position disproportionately, uh, it could get dicey pretty quickly. Yeah. And, 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 and maybe not, yeah. and maybe not dicey, but just very unproven. Sure. No, I, 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 do I agree with you there, but one, one thing I would say is a strength, um, maybe not a major strength, but a minor strength of our team is our tight end position. <laughs> Cause I feel like we're really deep there. And so, um, in the event that that happens, that kind of helps with the with the receiver position because we might go more tight end packages, you know, and kind of alleviate yeah. some of that stress there. I can see that. I mean, like as much as I love Donovan, uh, in terms of the rankings and recruiting, uh, Jay Johnson was the number one tight end <laughs> in the country in that class. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Theodore has as much athletic upside as anybody else, you know, on the roster. Um, and it sucks to lose Donovan, but you know he played well as a freshman last year. They've got a really good freshman this year, and Jaden Platt, who uh, you know has looked impressive so far and could, could find his way on the field at some point. Yeah, and, and if you want to talk about depth, like running back is a place where you know, like we we actually could yeah. like sustain an injury or two and probably be just fine, just because I think we all know Amari Daniels, Le'Veon Moss, Ruben Owens is the top three. But even behind that, you've got Ernest Crownover, who's I think he's in is what year three in the system now yeah he's been a um, who you know probably more of a goal line back but still very serviceable and um i think people are forgetting about david bailey that uh that transfer that you know he's another like he's a big bodied dude but i mean he, he he can run he can he can make plays and so yeah that's it's always nice to know that because you're gonna sustain injuries you're not gonna get mm-hmm. out of every season injury free um, yeah. so to have positions like that, where you can say like, okay, like if we lose this guy or lose that guy, it sucks, but I think we'll still be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think back to, I think it was 2015 <laughs> and, uh, and Trey Carson had to play like all the running back snaps and he was hurt, but like, he just wasn't as hurt as the other guys. And, uh, he just had to carry, you know, like the whole, like, like the whole, uh, like, like all the carries for the team. Um, mm-hmm. I, like, I, I I, I am curious how they get used, but yeah, as far as depth and just overall like team strength, yeah, I think running back's a great, great decision there. Um, I do want to clarify that uh, I said I wouldn't trade receiver rooms. I, I would definitely trade with Ohio State. I, I do want to make that clear. I don't think our receiver room is better than theirs. <laughs> they like, like when you look at like one through 12, um, like they had a guy <clears throat> transfer that was a five star because he was like 11th on their depth chart. Um, it's just, it's filthy what they've done at the, at the receiver position. Um, this one comes from, uh, at Aggie Stan, or I should say at Aggie underscore Stan with two ends, uh, with the outlook of having a more stable offense, do you think being able to sustain drives will help the defense, mainly the run defense? I do. I, yeah. I, I think it'll help the defense overall for sure. I, yeah. I run in run defense in particular, maybe may not make a huge difference, but I mean, just the fact that like, if you can actually win time of possession because i feel i i honestly have no idea what the stats are i feel like we probably hardly ever won time of possession last year yeah and and that yeah. was like a hallmark of the jimbo offense yeah exactly that's exactly what i was his his whole offense is predicated on that he's like super good at doing that normally but last year yeah i'm with you we it just it seemed like we were going a lot of three and out and just it couldn't get any momentum there um and that's where I feel like Petrino, I said this last week, where Petrino, I don't know that you you see just an entirely different offense. Like, I, I think you see a pretty standard <clears> offensive 
what we've seen with some additional little things here and there, but it's really more of the, the times when we're down, like Jimbo's offenses are great when we're up by a touchdown. You know, if, if we're playing from ahead, we, we, it's great. We always win the time of possession. Everything's great. But if we're playing from behind, it just doesn't have that, that quick speed. And so that's where I think our offense will uptick to where we will, even in times of us being down, we might, might be able to, you know, score quicker. Um, because I, I feel like everything that we did when it comes to offensive stability, even if we were down by, by two scores, we're, we're eating up the clock all the way, all the way down and sure we get a touchdown, but we're still behind, you know? And so, yeah. so that idea really works when we're ahead. Um, but really what I think the, the new stability that we're given this offense is if we need to play from behind, we can. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, you know, it felt like in the past where if you got down two scores, you're like, man, do we have enough in the tank to, to, you know, create big plays or, or be able to, to mount a comeback in this thing. I think you definitely will see that with, with Petrino and, you know, I think it, it's going to help the defense, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I, I think it will be pretty efficient, like to the point where, you know, we're not, there, there shouldn't be a lot of three and outs. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think, um, I think that really uh, was a hindrance on the defense last year. Um, we kind of answered this one already from, uh, from Dan Shum on Twitter uh it says what does the, the tight end position look like without donovan green um but he also asked about uh the expectations for the offensive line this season <sighs> that's it's a it's a tough one to know um i mean because I've, I've talked a lot this offseason that you can look at like from 2019 to 2020 in 2019 offensive line was the weakness of the team of you know kellen mon was just getting sacked left and right and then a year later, they brought back the same five guys, and it was a, maybe the best offensive line we've seen since, like, you know, 2012, uh, Johnny Manziel era. And so you hope that maybe they can replicate that same success because it's a year where, you know, you're bringing back all five guys just like you did that time. You're in the second year of your position coach just like they were at that point. Um, so there's lots of reasons why you could say, you know, this group's hopefully going to be healthier too. Uh and could take a big leap forward. Um, but <laughs> kind of like we said at the beginning of the podcast, but what if they don't? Yeah. <laughs> uh, because, because they just, they did not look good for pretty much the entirety of last season. And yeah. no matter what Petrino does or, or what Wegman or the receivers or, or anyone else does, if they don't play better, most of that's not really going to make much of a difference. Yeah, I agree. I agree on, on that note of it's really hard whenever you're looking at, Hey, look at the production that we're returning or look at like all these guys that we're returning from a five and seven team, you know, like it's, it's like a, it's hard to say that that's necessarily a good thing. Um, But I I think it is. I do think that you see them take a step forward because why wouldn't they, right? Like if you bring all those guys back, um, you have the continuity there that you just established, like there's bound to be, some improvement there um really the big question though is we need a lot of improvement there and so that's a that's a position where we really need a lot of improvement will it be enough of an improvement for what we need or will it just be a slight improvement and and still be 
a weaker position. So I, I think I think I'm I'm TBD. confident there. Um, but yeah. yeah, TBD on that. Yeah, but yeah, so the only thing worse than bringing back the starters from a five and seven team is bringing back the backups from a five and seven team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true. Um, I think overall, I'm pretty bullish on the offensive line. Um, I really like some of the young guys that they may not start. They, they could start with uh, with certain situations, but um, I really like Mark Naboo. Uh, I, I love what I've seen so far from Chase Pisanis. Um I heard uh, the director of the Senior Bowl uh, was on um, uh, Andy Staples' new podcast, and um, he had been in our practice. And he was like, uh, "He's like, he's like, I'm not sure what the kid's name is, but 71 is a tackle for A&M, and he looks like he could be in like a in an NFL camp today if he wanted to. Um, like, it seems like he's got the strength and uh, the technique and just all like all the ability to be a top notch offensive lineman." Um, and it'd be great if he was coming off the bench for you and you were able to stick with, with Reuben and Zune. Um, I think Zune in particular is in, I think he's due for a big bounce back. Um, when you hear about some of the things that he played through last year, um, it's pretty remarkable actually. Um, but, uh, uh I'm, I'm a big fan of his and, you know, I think Layden gets back to his normal self and, uh, I think Cam Dubray is, it, it, it takes a big step forward. Yeah, I mean, and there's reasons. You, you talk about, you know, Zoom played very hurt last year. You're hearing rave reviews from him out of camp. Um, you know, Layden Robinson played hurt last year. Bryce Foster pretty much didn't play last year. Um, so, yeah, you can absolutely talk yourself into this thing looking much better this season. Um, yeah. So let's, let's just hope and pray that <laughs> that comes to fruition. It's kind of the crux of this whole offensive thing. Like, if, if the offense – has a, a pressure rate allowed like they did last year. It doesn't matter that we have Petrino and all these receivers because it's not going to work. Um, but I, I think they're much better than they than they were last year. Um, this is from at Cyril Paj on Twitter. Uh, what should fans expect to see that is different on offense? Uh, they note motions, formations, and tempo. I think the tempo piece, I think you do see a little bit more of that. Actually, I think all of it, but I think you definitely see motions and tempo out of this offense. Yeah, I think you see all three of those. Um, I, I really think, I think motion and tempo are going to be the most evident, right? Like, I, I think that's where you really see changes early on. Uh, I think the the formation changes are, are going to come as the, as the season progresses. And that goes back to what I was just saying a little bit ago of, you know, I really think that that some of the big changes that we'll see really won't come into effect until we're playing from behind. We need to score quickly, um, and that's where I think you you see some changes in formation and in implementing there. But I think you see motions and tempo more than ever just right out of the gate. And and that was, I mean, that's what people ragged on Jimbo the most on last year. I feel like because. Essentially, it's like you know, if you're if you're not using tempo, then it means you're pretty much allowing the defense to sub out whenever they want to. If you're not using any kind of preset motion, then you're not disguising anything. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you're just like all you're doing is just making it easier on the defense. Um, and so yeah, I think those are two very simple things that that I think we will see. Um, that even if the offense was exactly the same, uh, could could make a big difference. Um, yeah. Then one other thing I'll add was. I know uh, Texag had a uh, interview with Evan Stewart. That was a, it, it, it was one of the free ones, so I'm not like divulging any, any paywall <laughs> information. 
Um, but he was talking about uh, basically just like how much the focus is on explosive plays. And, mm-hmm. you know, just as an AM fan, I know like their whole point is to hype us up, but yeah, like, after seeing such a, a dearth of explosive plays for the past several years, yeah. um, that would be a, a welcome change. Yeah. Uh, I think I spoke a little bit about this on the, the episode about the open practice, but um, it, it was tough to really gauge tempo. Uh, Cause like they would, like it was, you know, it was a practice. They weren't like actually like, uh, you know, doing things like they would be during a game. Uh, as far as tempo goes, I do think you see a, <laughs> drastic reduction in delay of game penalties um i don't think like it's 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 as frustrating as anything i've ever watched is not being able to especially on the start of a drive like not be able to get the call in and and execute the play like i think that stuff is in our is in the past um thankfully so but uh in terms of motions and formations they they did a ton of it in in practice uh like almost every play they would motion noah thomas they would motion um evan or moose or uh like think about all the ways you can use anias like you could put him in the backfield uh motion him out to receiver you know like give him like 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 give the ball to him on a jet sweep um i think there's going to be a lot of creativity that you see and uh in terms of formations it may not stick out immediately because there's only so many that you can do um but i think more under center is what you're going to see uh maybe not all the time or maybe not even a lot of the time but uh, you're going to see it more than we've seen, you know, in the past couple of seasons, which is which is exciting for me because I think it's a uh, it's a it's a good formation to 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 run plays out of and like in the run game and pass game. Definitely. Um, HTX Ag 19, also known as Bryce Anderson, season on Twitter. Uh, great name. Uh, he asked about the confidence in the OL, but also at linebacker, which we haven't hit on yet. Linebacker stuff, um, because I think it's it's probably our thinnest position on the team. Um, I think you, you know Edger and Cooper, you can lock in as a starter. Outside of that, you know, we all thought it would be Chris Russell. It sounds like maybe we might actually see Torian York there. Um, and then you've got JD Davis, who's a transfer, Marshall Harris, a sophomore, and Damian Tanford, a freshman. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, so it's uh it's scary. Like if, if there is a weakness of the defense, I think that's probably it. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd agree there simply because of the, the lack of bodies at that position, but it's kind of reminiscent and I, I I'll mess up the year if I try to try to say it, but there was a year, I think it was when buddy Johnson started that we only had like three or four linebackers. Like we, we didn't have any there and we, we saw, a shift in our D line to where they, they really played a lot better than they had the year before. Um, and so that's kind of more of what I'm wondering if we see, um, you know, better run defense at the D line to where we don't have to rely on the linebackers as much. Um, and in which case, if that's, if we do have that, right, that's a lot of ifs, but if we do have that, I think you could see some really good, linebacker play because the year I'm talking about again I don't know which year it was I just remember going into it thinking like we have like three linebackers and one of them gets hurt and there goes our season and and it ended up not being a problem at all because uh, our D-line really picked up the slack so 
I think in Jimbo's first season, uh, what's his name? Um, Anthony Hines tore his ACL in fall camp, and we had three scholarship linebackers after he went down. And uh, Otaro Alaka and Tyrell Dotson played pretty much every snap on defense that season. <laughs> and like just like true Iron Man, just gutting it out. Um, I know Buddy Johnson got a little playing time in there too, but that might have um, been the year I'm talking about. It yeah. may have been because it, it was very, very thin. And, uh, yeah, it feels like you know back in the Sumlin days, like there was constantly, uh, like you're 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 one injury away from from a walk on getting in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just not what you want in uh in in a league like this. But um, I'm I, it's probably yeah. I think I think y'all are right. It's probably the position that I'm least confident in. Um, and it's just because like the run defense was, you know, fairly poor last season. I'm kind of encouraged by Durkin taking that position over and and being their coach. Um, you know, and, and calling the defense and things like that. So, um, you know, it's still TBD. You know, my confidence is probably a six-ish, five or six. Um, but, uh, you know, hopeful, of course. Uh, a lot of these are kind of repeats, a lot about the O-line, run defense. Um, someone asked what the walkout, the walkout song is going to be. Have we got any inside info there? <laughs> no. Okay. Um... <laughs> No idea. Try that, yeah. Try that in a small town. Yeah. Just roll with it. <laughs> I'm just oh, I'm just mad that they that the, you remember that guy that would comment on every single one of our videos oh and God. it would be yeah. like it was like this long drawn out thing about like does Texas A and M really stand for the the racist and um you know vulgar <clears throat> message that comes from power by kanye and it was like just like he would like take snippets of the song power and be like this is what we run out to and and it was just like you know i don't know yeah i think it's like it's it's not that deep bro yeah yeah (laughs) it might mean too much to you brother yeah i think the the song bonfire by childish gambino if it didn't have any words like if, if words just didn't exist at all, like I know we play the right. instrumental, but like just like being associated with the words is is probably a, you know, it's probably a, a detriment to us having that song. Yeah. Um, let me fix my camera real quick. <laughs> okay. I'm sure you guys saw that. Yeah, but it would be perfect to have a song called Bonfire that we run. I know. Out, That's know? what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you're right. Like the first like 15 to 20 seconds of that song would be a great run out song the problem is that what happens after that and, and if, you're trying to get away, if you're trying to get away from being controversial with kanye that's not really that's not the answer yeah gonna, not, gonna, not at all i love childish gambino yeah, but that's that song is one that i could point to and be like yeah that one's that one's probably not gonna work for anybody yeah, um yeah. Just imagine like the old acts looking up the, the the lyrics to that song after we right. after we play it on the intro. <laughs> like, oh, like, like what's this song about? <laughs> and I am very interested though, because like yeah, because you know, Ross Bjork came out and like it was kind of vague saying like they were like working with an Aggie in the music industry on yeah. some like you know like original music for it. So it's like I think everyone's kind of just holding their breath because it could be cool or it could be really cringy. So. I'm at like a one in terms of confidence. Uh, I mean, this is going to be good. <laughs> I really hope it is, but um, it's I just, just picture everybody yeah. running out to Granger Smith. 
I, I, I want to say it was confirmed that it was like not a country artist. I, I did hear, I did, I did see that. I think Josh. Adams so that's at least like that. some level of encouragement, but yeah, it's like it yeah. still has high potential to fall on its face. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Dang it, Kanye! You got to ruin it for us. We had the perfect song. <laughs> just, 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 just chill, bro. Just, yeah. Just be down. a normal person. Yeah. Take your um, that uh that about wraps it up there was a question from uh mike grossman on twitter he asked uh are we actually going to see connor start game one this season absolutely yes um yes i know i know it's not announced uh at this point just given the context clues uh would be very shocked if he's not your starting quarterback this season um love love having max as a backup you know we talked about that a ton on here but um if if it comes down to it he has to get in the game you know i feel pretty confident we can uh, we can we can still execute things. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think every single media availability practice in the past like two weeks, has, Connor's been running with the yeah. one. So that's that's either an incredible coincidence, or it's you know, I mean, essentially, I feel like what we did the same the pre- previous two years with Jimbo, where we you know had a quote unquote fall camp QB competition when everyone knew. Knew what it was. Who the starter was going to be. Yeah. Now, now, hopefully, that starter performs a bit better than the past couple of years. <laughs> yes, that is that is the hope. Um, I think we're out of questions, but I had a question, and I think I may have teased this like weeks ago on the show. Um, but uh, this question comes from my wife from a discussion that we had about Aggie football, and uh, her question uh, verbatim was just uh, why. Um, but to, to, to give it some context, <laughs> like, like, why do we, uh, care so much? I think the, the, like her big thing was caring so much about reaching the top of the mountain, about winning a championship. And, uh, I'll let you guys chime in, but my, uh, retort basically, or my explanation of, you know, why I feel this way <laughs> is, uh, because of the, the position that A&M is in, you know, if we were. If I had gone to college in some rural, in some small school in Idaho, I wouldn't be like, you know what? I expect a national championship in my lifetime because that's just not feasible. But um, with, I know we don't have the the history of actually crossing that threshold in, you know, the last ninety years. Um, but with all the resources and the commitment and things like that, uh, it, it'd be silly to not get your hopes up for that, or at least you know. Uh, at least <laughs> at least expected she just messaged me and said you're making me sound lame but um <laughs> Brittany's a loser <laughs> that sounds like a loser mentality that you don't want to win um no but I, I think you're absolutely right though that like certainly as a college fan you need to like temper your expectations based on like what's realistic and yeah and AM's in that weird spot where it's like if you look at history, you could say it's not realistic to expect a national championship because we haven't done it since before World War One, Two, World War Two, excuse me. Um, but yeah, like all the ingredients are there. Like, like if you bring a coach in, like, and ask him, it's like, what is Ohio State giving you that we aren't giving you here? I, I don't know what that answer would be. Like, yeah. there, there's, there's nothing. There's no resource. There's, there's nothing. You know that other elite programs have that AM is not providing as you know to win. And so yeah. I don't think it's unrealistic for for AM fans to be upset 
with the recent results and and to to expect more. Yeah, I think the why for me is that it's it's within reach, and and of course, like the at the very fundamental level, it's that okay. <clears throat> I'm going to these games. I'm going to watch these games. I love A&M simply because I went there. So, of course, I'm going to love A&M. Um, but I want, I want to see, like, when I go to the game, I want to win, right? Um, we went to the, the Rangers game, th- thanks to Brittany, and uh, we lost. And that was no fun, you know? Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean that's that's a fundamental level. I, it's more fun to win, but I think it's more of that. Hey, it's very possible for us to, and um, you know, look, we could we could get one and then just wait seventy five more years again, you know, and get another one. That's fine with me. I don't care, <laughs> you know. Like yeah. as, long as long as I, I get one for one then, of them, yeah, yeah. That, then I, then that's fun just to say that say that I was there, and then we can you know talk trash about that for the rest of our lives and be like, yeah. well, you know. In 2023, we went national championship and we won. You know, <laughs> yeah, still got the shirt. Well, I mean, hey, like, I mean, you look at Texas with like as story to history as that team has in the past 50 years, they've won a national title one time. Yeah, and so for the majority of their fan base, they've only seen one national title. But that you know, darned if they don't still beat their chests about it. Even, oh, even 18 I, years later, I guarantee, I guarantee, like the the big Texas fans watch that game every year you know at least once a year I would. They, they watch that I, game i've watched i personally have watched that game like 20 times probably <laughs> it was a good game it was a lot of fun um yeah. a lot of good talent there so um it's a uh, i also I think watching that with an a&m jersey you know i think things change like maybe you know 20 years ago when we were in the big 12 and you know the athletic department was kind of a mess and no one's on the same page. Like, I think that, you know, it was pretty far-fetched then, but uh, with the move to the SEC, especially today, like it's, you know, it's one of the two true power conferences. Um, You know, like we're in a good position. We've got, you know, the resources and the money and the backing uh, and the passion. You know, one thing that makes me uh, proud of of my school is uh, whenever we were terrible last year, the students still showed up like it was, you know, we were four and seven, you know, Thanksgiving weekend game and LSU looked like a, like a, like a sellout crowd. And we upset a top five team in the country. And, uh, and it's just, it's just cool. Um, I wish I could just care about beating my rivals. Like, like most, most college football fans probably care about making a bowl game, beating your rival and winning the bowl game. Um, and that's, I think that's fun for most fans, but for me, it's just, you know, it's just pain until we, until we get there, <laughs> until we win that championship, uh, or at least compete for one. Well, now I'll add one other thing to it because, like, I I love a And M. I love our traditions. I love like going to the football games are just incredible. So, like, I want more people to come to those games. You know, like I want more people outside of a And M to experience that. And so, if we're not that great of a team and people talk trash about us, they're not going to enjoy it as much. If we're a really good team, like, think about us when we go to Alabama or Tennessee, you know, how excited we get to go travel to those stadiums and see their traditions and see what that's like. We we don't get hyped up for, you know, pretty mediocre teams, you know. So, like, like if 
we're going to Houston. You know, I'm not going to be all just like, yeah, you know, I can't, can't <laughs> wait to see their stadium. But, you know, that's just the way that it is. Uh, yeah. I will I will also say, like, yeah, Brittany, Brittany is a known winner. She's not not a not a loser. I was just she's way Brittany. more competitive than me. Uh, she is way more competitive than me. Like I, I will go to watch AM games together and she didn't even go to AM and she she'll be more more like yelling at the TV than I will. And I'm like, get them, you know. Like her, her first her, her first ever AM game was ever was was uh, the year that we played Clemson at home. And she was like uh, like trash talking like the band. She's like, y'all's band sucks compared to ours. And like <laughs> wanted to like fight the opposing fans. I had to, I had to hold her back a little bit. But, um, she did chime in like to clarify. I'll put it up here. More so, my question was, why doesn't it happen for him? <laughs> and wow. that, I don't know if we have enough time to answer that. That is that's one a for great the next question. Because I have no idea. We've all been asking that for quite a while now. Yeah. yeah. Since 1939. <laughs> wasn't even born back then. Can you imagine being a student back then and be like, yeah, we're going to be a powerhouse. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be on the television. Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing, though. You say you were alive back then. Like, I feel like you wouldn't even get the full like appreciation of winning no. a national title. Because like, cause, like, you're only seeing your games. Like, you're, You can't even probably watch other games on TV at that point. Yeah, so you, like you might could listen to some on the radio. They probably didn't know they won a national title until a month later when they got the trophy in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah back so, then so it certainly really today, like, this, you know, the the enjoyment of college football, I feel like has never been higher just because you can experience it so much more that you experience it not only in the stadium, you experience it on TV and you experience on social media. It's so much more of a communal experience more so than it's ever been. So, I mean, that's part of what I love about it. Me too. Yeah. Agreed. Um, well, uh, appreciate you guys, uh, sitting down today and, and knocking this one out. Um, I know it went a little bit longer than we anticipated, but, um, uh, I had to get Brittany's question in there at the end because uh, she's been <laughs> the, the she, first ever podcast to run long. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We've never done that before. No, uh, I think she, she just wants uh, me to be happy. She wants Anum to win a, a championship. So, so I'll be happy. Uh, so um, I also it. want you to be happy by Anum winning the championship. <laughs> it make us all happy. Very but. selfless of me to yeah. want that for you. Yeah. <laughs> You're, you're a great guy, Chase. <laughs> well, uh, the next time you hear from us, uh, it will be game week. Uh, we'll be talking about all the big week one games, uh, maybe going over some week zero action. Uh, a couple of big teams uh, in, are in action this weekend. Uh, maybe Notre Dame stumbles out of the gate. I think we'd all like to see that. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Robert, I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, guys. Anytime. All right, we are, or he's Robert Behrens, he is Chase Caldwell. Uh, I'm Will Stone, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>